I was told uh, oftentimes I'm not Hollywood pretty. I was told, yes, ma'am, and I don't know what that means, but I was walking around for some years thinking I was ugly because mm. I don't know how to process that. What does that mean, Hollywood pretty? What I'm hearing is that you're saying I'm ugly yeah. and I'm too ghetto. And, you know, and I'm like, well, I know where I come from. Those mm. girls need to see themselves. So that's why I came out here knuckles ready <laughs> to fight. Yeah. No, because I was I was trying to prove that point. Because you you said it. You said nah, women must they gotta give it the best. But when, but see here's a, here's the thing to go back what we were talking about. Women, I feel like just naturally they have more care and finesse. Like they try they are trying to like live in that moment and they're more there's more intimacy behind their acts. Yeah. So I watch it for that because like all right, I might want some passionate vibes tonight. You know what I mean, because <laughs> men are just barbaric. Yeah, sometimes we are in the straight point. <laughs> no, for real. Like I've, I see some stuff that I scroll past. I'm like, Mm-mm, this yeah. is not. He been like finisher. I'm like, bro, relax. Yeah. Like, like why are you trying to kill her like that? Yeah. Sometimes that shit is just like too much. But then there are women that like that. Mm-hmm. Without divorcing too much of my past. BDSM. I, I think yeah. it's a form of that. Falls under there somewhere. Yeah, some like, you know, I'm like pounding my shit. Like, oh, I'm sorry. So everybody, just to give you context, we're talking. I just started recording, but Nell was uh, saying that one of his cousins listened to the last podcast, and they picked up on how I was trying to. Was it the last episode or the first one we did together? Uh, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my, my brother-in-law pointed it out. I think to it was me. the first one we did together. The first episode. It was. It, no, no, it was part of the first episode that you deleted, where we had kind of talked about it again. Oh, so then it wasn't the second one. Yeah, it wasn't the second one. I was just trying to make a point, y'all. You know, Nell said that women give the best. And I said, yeah, so just flip that. You know, just just, just flip it. You don't got to do nothing else. Just flip it and then, you know. Nah, I it, can't it, 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 it applies. But this is what we be saying on our side. It's all I be saying. It's like, you know. And I can see that. Because you, we, we understand what we like you know what I mean just like a woman will understand what they like so yeah, but I, think, um, I think women also take the time to explore what their partner like men get well I think men are starting to do that more or I'm, I'm, I'm at least hearing about it more I don't know why straight men aren't doing that with their partners I think, it's so much for you to explore I think we are but I think sometimes that macho ego comes like oh I know what my woman want and we be right and it's only but so far you're gonna go because everything is so fucking gay quote unquote it's gay it's gay so it's only about three things on the list that you guys can do in the bedroom before shit go left and it's it's considered gay but even some of the things that don't go left like I'm not I'm not about to put your toes in my mouth you don't, you don't, you don't suck on a girl's toes when they manicured them, 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 them when they had a white. You don't like the toes with the white too. toenails. I don't care with the, if they with white. the white. I don't care. If they polish pink. the I don't pink care if they polish. My color. Nope. I thought that was the thing that the niggas loved, like pretty toes. I love some pretty toes, but I'm not sucking them. 
I've sucked feet probably toes like once or twice in my life. We not going back down there. So not your thing. Not my thing. Doesn't tickle my fancy. Ladies be sucking yours. No, I've never had my toes suck. Never. Hmm. I probably kick her because I, I my tickle is like my feet. I probably kick her. Get the shit out of her. Yeah, now now I'm fighting bad. It's not a charges. good look. It's not a good look. Yeah, like, oh, he hit me. Oh, you were sucking my toe. Like, you don't want a night of passion to turn into a charge, brother. Uh, that's my. That's one of my fears, brother. How did we get here, Tony Braxton? Is that even Tony Braxton singing that song? I don't know who you was talking about when you said how did we get. That's Deborah, Deborah Cox. Cox. There we go. Shout out to Deborah Cox. No, who, no. Um, who I'm pretty sure I've seen or I've heard of Deborah Cox doing some Broadway, but she I just got through watching the the first Wives Club on Netflix, which was kind of like a remake from the movie from the '90s with the Goldie Hawn, the Bette Midler, the Diane Keaton, and Joe Scott is also. A part of this um, new cast with the first Wives Club. Well, this is not; it's new to Netflix, but it's not a new thing. I think it was it was on another network before Netflix. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, that's who I that's where I saw Deborah Cox recently. So shout out to Deborah Cox, still working, still getting a check. And we are here for it. Hey everybody, welcome to another week, another episode. Of the Hung Up Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a black-ass, very much queer perspective. Not always, though, because <laughs> these last three, now four episodes, we've had the straight perspective on here. Uh-oh, I, I censored out the name just in case you wanted to, but you had a good... You had a good title for what we got going on here. Yeah. Let's, let me get that poor man's patent out first. You know, <laughs> copyright. Culture Society Podcast from a Black Queer Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host. I'm your producer, Eric Cole. If you're not already, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, you can listen anywhere. Just search Hung Up Pod, H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D, as well as social media. Go on over there to Instagram, H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. Hit the subscription button if you love the podcast and you want to show your support. You can do that for 99 cents a month. Thank you for everybody who is supporting already. I do have some special things planned for the subscribers, some giveaways. It's 99 cents. It's 99 cents. So it's not a whole lot going on. But <laughs> every now and again, I do want to do something for the people who are subscribing. I do appreciate can it. Can I ask you a personal question? Yes, sir. And we can clip this if you need it. Why is it 99 cents? Mm. I wanted to keep it low because I think right now everybody's just asking you got everybody's creating content everyone's asking for subscriptions everyone's doing the podcast everybody wants you to buy their t-shirt everybody wants you to buy their coffee mug everybody wants you to do i think it's a lot that we're asking for me because this is not something one that i do for a living 
understand that some a lot of folks who had those high subscription prices is because they depend on their content whereas i i don't have to do that and, I, and i'm actually grateful for that <laughs> that i don't have to rely <clears throat> on subscriptions because sometimes i don't feel like Creating content. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel like being on a microphone. Sometimes I don't feel like being on social media. Sometimes I need a break. Sometimes I'm grieving. Sometimes I'm going through. So I, I don't like that tethered, like having to be tethered to it. Even though sometimes I do feel like I am. But And I can respect that. But I was gonna say, you know, but if everybody, way. if I could get folks to subscribe, just think I got twenty thousand followers right now. A little over twenty thousand followers. Mm-hmm. If half of y'all subscribe, I could quit my day job. You could, but then you're going to raise the price. I feel like what you bring to the table is worth more than 99 cents. I feel from my trials and tribulations and entrepreneurship, yeah, people will... Oh, it's absolutely yeah. worth 99 cents more. And, and I'm getting paid. Trust. <laughs> Hunger Pod is on contract. And and I'm getting paid to to do things. And I, and I do appreciate that. Um, but with the subscription, yeah. I mean, no, I... And I really, and I don't even have that many subscriptions, so I don't want to raise the price. But you know, I think those that want to listen and that follow you and want you to grow your brand, they will be willing to pay a little bit more. Because with this, well, hopefully, so if you take it, listen, that comes with t-shirts. Because I'm going to ask folks to buy t-shirts. I'm I'm going to ask people to donate. I'm going to ask people but to show up. What if up. it comes with some visual? So now you are charging that ten dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. and you bring in a stack of money, and then you keep you keep elevating. Oh, I do visuals. I'll drop a visual here and there. Again, now that is tying me to something that I don't know if I have that. Okay, time so to that to. so you feel like the more, the more, the the higher price you put on it, I have is to. saying, hey, I, I gotta. It's almost it. feel like you owe them. Like, yo, I oh, gotta come. Absolutely, every absolutely, week. some exclusive content. Like, if I, if you paying a nine ninety nine subscription, like some of these guys are going to be expecting a green circle once a week. <laughs> but that's real I mean I feel you So I guess I would ask But you know I subscribe I've subscribed to Joe Buttons podcast mm-hmm. And like I went from the 99 nine, The 99 The $9 package To the $25 package I wanted more content Yeah so, I do, do feel robbed it? a little bit Yeah I, 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 I love it He gives it. exclusive content Yeah he gives exclusive content Is it Patreon Like what? Mm-hmm. what is it Okay yeah, he's on Patreon. Um, he gives exclusive content. He'll give giveaways and whatnot. But um, I liked his most recent one when he had um, Dr. Umar on there. And that was a spicy one. I appreciate it. Thank, shout out to Joe Button, Dr. Umar. I guess. Listen, you're not Yo, always going to agree. That's Nell saying that. Hunger Pot is you, not shouting out Dr. Umar. You're not always going to agree. Hunger Pot don't got shit Listen. to say to Dr. Umar. Again, <laughs> you can like somebody or like what they say, but not agree with everything they say. I know based off of his uh, ideology around the homosexual community. I'm sorry, what? You don't like him. The homosexual community, the, eight, the, uh, the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community. I can't oh, wait, wait, come on. But no, wait. Now this is real, people. Me and Eric had these conversations. I can't say homosexual. It's just strange when you say homosexual community because it's not. It's you know you have non-binary people, you have a transgender community. Not everybody's a homosexual. Okay, and see, that's called education, people. 
That's all that was. I'm gonna have to do a little um, sound sound effect right yeah, there, like, like a glitter little, or something. Ah. <laughs> but that's all of this is education, and so yeah. But I did agree with some of the yeah. things he said on a on a podcast. Um. So yeah, shout out to them. But mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to education real mm-hmm. quick about mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. me and Eric have these conversations all the time, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm here on the podcast. As a heterosexual, we do straight we, we, black we man. We have like way before this. Yeah, way before this. Yeah. I didn't know there were certain terms I couldn't say because people think they're offensive. So like when we talk like homosexual, homo, I didn't know that I can't say that. Y'all heard what he called me. But but that's ill because you if you say a heterosexual <laughs> straight man, I'm just gonna be like, okay. But it's education. We we talking about it. Hey bro, don't say that. Or you can say it, but this is how it come off. So you have to know who you're speaking to. Oh, my bad. Cause that, I'm not re- that reminds me of that damn clip you sent me where Bull didn't know he knew the term homosexual. Oh, yeah. He knew what that was. <laughs> no, he knew what heterosexual was. No, he knew it was homo- homosexual. Yeah, it was homosexual. It was. It was. <laughs> and then somebody had to tell him heterosexual, which he was supposed to be. Yeah, he was jacking that word up. <laughs> he could never represent the spelling bee and pronounce words. <laughs> he had them kids all messed up. Y'all be saying yourself up on these podcasts, like. But you gotta understand, we be we put a lot more on people than we probably should. Some people just don't we know. Do. Like in that clip, no, I understood and some what people he was don't saying. know. Yeah, yeah they, they don't know. know. Which is a part of why, you know, someone would argue is the purpose of having these conversations. These conversations in the hood, on the block, on you know, across from each other, playing spades. Like we're still these com- these type these type of conversations still being had, but that's people where it's just prefer them not to be in public on a microphone. No. <laughs> but folks are still, you know, exercising their right for uh, to uh, free speech. I guess y'all, I don't know. Yeah, but but some of this stuff is just trash. Some of it is trash. <clears throat> some of the conversations need to be had on different platforms, at different levels, because you're. Whomever is speaking on the scholarly level about this topic, I may not be listening to them. You're probably not. But I'm talking to you. There's nothing wrong with our levels. The problem be is it's like a uh, no one's in the room to really elevate the conversation. It's but wait, people. It's people at the table who are really just reinforcing. Um, Negative stereotypes that are already existing in the table, bigotry, homophobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. and it's a moment to to laugh it up and 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 to kiki about it. It's not to really elevate anything. At least I it's those type of conversations. I I don't are few and far between. I don't see and a whole again, lot of that. That is where my mind draws a blank. I'm not paying them people any mind. They are reaching an audience that think like them, that want to hear that, want to hear delivered in that manner. Yeah. They are blocked out by me. They don't even exist. I get that. But these people we still are in community with, be it family, community, jobs, your kids will be playing with them in school. And that's what I'm saying. That's why the conversation needs to be had in-house as well on a level. Because they may not have been exposed to the way that you're thinking about it. Or what are you talking about it? Like when I listen to some people that that call themselves scholarly, it ain't it's nothing but a lot of yelling back and forth. Just because I'm yelling louder, you don't mean that I'm right. So automatically, yeah. I'm tuned out. Right, and that's 
that's one of the important things about establishing communication and approaching a conversation. You have to first determine what's the goal. <laughs> what's, what, what is the goal? What, what do you want? What are you trying to do here? And if it's trying to persuade someone or enlighten someone uh, with some wisdom or an idea or a thought that maybe they're not they're they're typically opposed to for an example if you engage that person in an aggressive manner then the it's like what was the point like (laughs) you will get nothing out of that but exactly what you just described a whole bunch of people arguing and shouting back and forth so when we engage in these conversations um and Nell made a great point we got to ask ourselves, people, what's the goal? What, what do you want to get out of it? And this is especially true when we're in community and we're having these conversations with people that we we, we know we're going to have opposing views and thoughts, you know, and especially when it comes to those big things like religion and um, how we raise our kids yeah. and uh, the LGBTQ community as just you know, right, a few man. examples, Yeah, you know. Yeah, you spot on. It's like there's nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> so we're back, y'all. And let's just kick it off, yo. How are you? Christmas oh. just passed. Yeah, Christmas just passed. Is uh, that like a for parents? Yeah. Or is, I think how does it work? So like. <laughs> for from from a parental perspective, it definitely is a woo. Okay. Because like you you ordering gifts, like your child is picking out stuff. And depend let's be realistic. Depending on if your child was good, if they can make a list. They, yeah, they can make a list. But depending on what your child check off on your boxes, on your norms that you want done in your crib, they could might be big, it might be medium, it might be light. But um Oh man, they give you the list and like I'm ordering, I'm looking for things. It's sold out. And I'm talking about back in November. So, you know, Damn. you just like uh you just want your child to be happy, right? Where so, do parents shop these days? Like back in the day, parents KB pulled up toys, to Toys R Us. Yeah, KB Toys, Toys R Us. They wait, K-Mart. Toys R Us is still around? I heard this is around in Canada. But it's not here. You but, shop online. Yeah, but yeah, you shop online. But you, you are our parents. So so okay, so Target. Yeah, but are there toy stores? There are few and far in between. Okay. Like I know there's one in Jenkintown. I think there's one in downtown Philly, but yeah, they're few and far in between. And they might okay. sell more of the classic toys. But you go to the mall. Like you go to the mall, though they okay. like the every the everything seen on TV store, like they they they're oh. seasonal. Those are the type of stores I just like. I get fixated and just walk and look and yeah, but they got them in the mall, so you still go out. And as your kids grow, they they have they, a downtown in the what do they call it? The fashion district. Now I haven't been in the fashion. I've only been in the fashion district once, and that was a bowl. It was a bowl, but I know the King only time I get to it. see that part of the mall. And I wonder if it's like a true mall. Like I grew up in Southern Maryland, so St. Charles Town Center, like a mall. PG County had a mall. I'm used to shit like that. But what, so what's the difference? Like, is it outside? Is it a plaza or a mall? Yeah, it's like a it's a building, a, a huge building, but you inside is where it's like a whole a whole new world. Okay. With multiple levels, 
dozens and dozens and dozens of stores. That's what's up. A food court. When the last time you've been there? Hmm. It's been a little while. But malls and malls in it's America are dying. Years. It's been a few years. It's still there though. Yeah, but is it? Are people there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what's up. Shout yeah. out to that mall. Yeah. So I gotta check out that the only the only time I go really through that part is when I'm going to Rec Philly because Rec Philly is attached to it. Okay. I didn't. So know I don't that. really. I always see like I'm like always trying to look to see like what's going on. Get down there. Is it people down in there? Get down there a little early one day and just walk around. She's it's like, always busy down there. And I think that's where they're talking about putting the stadium, too. Yeah, they're talking about that. I don't think that's going to happen. It's a lot of goings and back and forth and things. That would, that would change the dynamic of the city. That would displace would. a lot of people. It would. It that would, would it displace would. Chinatown. Yeah, they're pushing back real hard. Yeah, they're pushing back tremendously hard. Tremendously hard. Mm. Tremendously hard. To, uh, we should do that in our own communities. Um, and there's something else, too, that the city brought up. I can't remember what it was. But in terms of, like, that street, it, it, it'll, it'll just cause a really big problem when games let out. Because it's, I, I, I don't know if, it, if it's a dedicated street for something in particular. I, I don't think it's evacuation, but folks are just like, it, it just can't be right here. Bro, downtown does not build for that kind of traffic. It would be impossible for you to get downtown. It's impossible for you to get to the stadiums when there's concerts and games yeah. with four lanes of traffic. Yeah, it would be. Vine Street would Bro, be where, all, where were you parked? 676 would be like gridlocked. Where, where would you park? Well, you can't park anywhere now. But where would you park? Think about it. Like, where's the parking lot going to go? Well, they would have to have something attached or underneath or something. It's I don't way know. too many people. I mean, it's way too many. They not. That's not happening, bro. Sorry, we filling y'all out right now. Sorry, but while we are filling you out, look up the gallery from 1988 to probably 2012. The gallery that is yes, what it used to be called. Mm. The gallery was the place to be. It was in Center City, the Broad Street line. So that's our train system. It's underground. The L is the elevated train. They were both coming from various parts of the city northeast, south, no, northeast, southwest. So it brings everybody together, like right there, and everything is in the gallery. So you're bumping to somebody from like West Philly, South Philly, North Philly, Northeast Philly, because everybody met at the gallery for something. And the schools was like, some of the schools, like, you would just cross at the Broad Street and the L line, and then you downtown. It was a time. Like, the future said, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Me and yours. Like, it was a it was a crazy place, man. Shout out, to, shout out to the gallery. Shout out to the gallery. And also, just shout out real quick. I got to plug the Department of Public Health here in Philadelphia Go to phillykeeponloving.com. People, it costs nothing. Is that what you're doing right now? Go to your phones. Type in Philly Keep On Loving, L-O-V-I-N-G dot com. And check out the resources and the information around HIV, HIV testing, treatment, and prevention. Treatment and prevention. Just so you know, what is PrEP? PrEP is 
pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is a regular treatment taken through pill or injectable. The pill is once a day. The injectable you can get is every two months. That helps prevent HIV up to 99%. Okay? So check it out. We out here fucking. We love it. Do it. But do it safely. We have ways that we can do it and do it safely. That And, and to me, that's true liberation. That is true freedom. Right there. Get on your prep. You can take it every day by by pill or every two months by injectable. Prep is not just for gay, gay folks. It's for everybody. Anybody who's engaged in sexual activity and you are currently HIV negative, you can take PrEP. So that's a man, a woman, straight, gay, trans, non-binary. It don't matter. Protect yourself. <laughs> Pop that pill and get on that app and go ahead and, <laughs> and go ahead and get that get that get that hookup set up. <laughs> All right. Yo, you wrote that you wrote that down? That what? was a freestyle? Yeah, just read what you said that from the heart. That sounded like a real commercial. <laughs> I had to look at the screen, everybody like, oh, he reading off a script. Freestyle, freestyle from the heart. Pay this man. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Philly, keep on loving.com. And if you actually go to the Hunger Podcast Instagram page, uh, look at the pin post on the page, like it, give it a like. <clears throat> And give it a listen. Give it a like. Hit a, give it drop a, a comment if you're on prep. How's it been for you? People want to know. People have questions. Does it affect your sex life? If you're on prep and you've been on prep, get in the, get in the comments and answer these questions. Or if you're not on prep and you have questions, you could post those questions. I've been on prep for almost two years. If you need referrals or resources, I can also help you with that too. Let's do it, y'all. Safe sex. Philly. Let's go. Yeah, you, you might want to clip this I got a question though Go ahead So we're not worried about None of the STDs Like Absolutely Like we ne- Yes hey. we are So this is Maybe right. Look Maybe one day There'll be a pill That's It'll be It's like a vitamin You could take one for everything Shit. <laughs> It'll be a multi A multi You think people out here Having sex vitamin. now This is This is one thing Because this is the thing HIV and AIDS People Boy, girl, man, woman, no matter what your age is, y'all, do y'all, y'all, y'all do know the, the nursing homes, right? The STIs be running rampant in the yeah. nursing homes. Like, there's no, HIV doesn't have, it doesn't go around picking people and choosing. So this is, um, the reason why I'm such an advocate for it is because I want us as a community, black people, to understand that this is not a them, like, issue. It's a, it's a, our issue, you know? There are babies born with HIV. And these babies, some of these babies are fighting to survive. Some of these babies need special medical treatment. Their mothers need special medical treatment and special support. And we need black women talking to black women about these things, right? And so it's just so much that we can do to empower ourselves as a community. And I think HIV is just a great way to start. But Nell hit the hit it right on the head. That that's just not that's not it. Prep is, is for HIV, but now they have doxypep, and that's good and effective against chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis. And so, it's called doxypep. Yeah, 
Yo, that shit sound like a soda. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come get you a doxy pet, man. Yo, that's actually probably a genius way to market it and get people talking about it and asking questions about it and taking it right because some i think right now there's a strain of gonorrhea going out or or going around right now that's just like crazy right so sometimes we have to laugh about these things i think we make them too serious and it scares people away from the conversation sometimes i hear people talking about hiv and getting tested and it's so doom and gloom and it's like yo y'all are just scaring people they be on the microphone like, yo, go get tested. Go get tested, yo. But you don't know. You, you might bro. got that. You might got that thing. You might got... That's, that's scary, scary as fuck. Yeah. And that right there is um, contributing to stigma and also contributing to people not... They just won't go and get tested. Instead of we can say, go get tested because no matter what your results are, let's talk about treatment and prevention there's treatment and there's prevention no matter what your results are sister my brother you are going to have support but that's what that's the commercial the way wins, bro. we should be yeah. having these conversations you are absolutely right but there after people get those results they think it's over like you you test positive there's no help there's no like there's nobody for you to talk to there are facebook groups the doctor should be willing to give you some a referral to have somebody to talk to, to have somebody like to really break it down for you and disclo- and disclose what your new status means. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Now you bring up a good point because we're, providers are being brought into they've been in brought into this conversation because it's also on them, especially when we talk about our straight community. Providers rarely even offer a HIV test to someone who is straight. Or or in a relationship, especially if you're married and you're in a relationship. But that shit that doesn't make sense to me. And I'll tell you where I will share a brief story with you guys from last year around this time. I had went into my doctor for HIV for a whole cleanup, a whole cleaning. And I wanted the HIV test. And her, you mean a whole screening? Yeah, whole screening. I'm okay. sorry. Thank you. My man, appreciate you. You good. I got you. A whole screening. And when I asked for the HIV test, because you had to ask for that in addition to the screening. So when I asked for that, she said, Are you high risk? I thought it was pretty invasive. That's, like, usually, right. that's usually the question. Let me, that they let, ask, me let me let but... you know. So I'm like, what's considered high risk? She right. said, one or more partners. Oh, yeah, well, I'm definitely high risk because the number is one. So I said, what's low risk? She said, abstinence. So you should just give me the test because I asked for it. There's not a need to ask, am I high risk? Ah, right there. Pause right there. Providers, that's for you. <laughs> Me just asking you for it. And honestly, you don't know what it took for me to just get the strength to say that shit. (laughs) To just ask you for it, for you to then just come back and like kind of like question me. I think that and and honestly, I think the providers are asking these questions. They have their reasons there. I mean, again, they're providers. I didn't Temple didn't give me I didn't take one credit in, in med school. So I'm not even trying to act like I know. I'm sure they're asking these questions because they need to know certain things, but it's we gotta we gotta change how we approach in this thing because black women are getting on the stage and getting on a microphone and talking about their experiences. So we know HIV is impacting our black women, our black children. So 
phillykeeponloving.com. Support. And if your provider, if you go to your doctor, if they, if they haven't asked you, ask them or go somewhere where. So I decided to, even though, even though I have insurance, I have great insurance through my job. I still decided to go through a community center that really focuses work in certain places, like with people like me. So that's where my insurance dollars are going. Sometimes you got to switch up where you go and who your provider is. And that's not always easy, easy trying to navigate or find a provider. So very true. Go where you're. But the resources are out there. People are talking about it. People, you know, the podcasts are out there. Black doctors, black, you know, people are having, I, when I was in DC for the world AIDS day events, there were black doctors on the stage talking um, they had testing. They had everything on site. They had all the support on site. Everything that Nell uh, described that people fear when it went, you know, when and if they get that positive result, all that support was right there on site. And that was just one event, one weekend. So you're not alone. If you have a positive result that doesn't make you dirty, there's no such thing as being clean versus dirty. I see that online sometimes. If you have a positive result, your life matters just as much as anyone else's. And the tools and the resources are here for you. Now, we do need more. We, need, we do need to push our, our local leadership that we've elected. We need to push them so that way we can get more money devoted to these resources. All right. So let's go ahead and get started. We got a few topics here tonight. I did want to... Shout out everybody. I posted a vi- the video with Cardi B and Patti LaBelle. How you make that? How you make it so smooth? Because I do that. Nope. Back on November 10th, uh, November 15th, the video went absolutely viral. It is still going viral. It has over 7 million views and it's reaching half a million likes. And there are a ton. What I think is just such a key are all the remixes to the video. And a lot of them are nails. Y'all got y'all a lot of the sisters who got their nail businesses, got their hair businesses, food businesses. A lot of people have remixed it. And it's just like really dope and really cool. And just shout out to Miss Patty and Cardi B. I think more of their clips, you can find more longer clips online. They've been put up stuff where they had their little team up, uh, whip shots. And according to, this was according to People Magazine. Cardi B's whip shots, whipped cream, and Patti LaBelle's Patty's Good Life Pies partnered up for a holiday. And a lot of those clips are online. So I just wanted to shout out to folks who remixed the hell out of that video. So just shout out to y'all. Bernadine, I'm in a meeting here. If you need something, I suggest... Would you mind terribly if I had a few words with my husband? Oh. What the hell are you doing? I've been to the bank. Thank you. Thank you for thinking of your children. Everybody out. Yes, out. Out. What am I supposed to do for money? I gave you the house and I'll sell it. I hate you. Who do you think started this damn company, huh? Let's not start that again, all right? And now you think you can just take the money and run? Business hasn't been good for years, but don't you worry about it. You'll get what's coming to you. 
I'm not worried. You, on the other hand, should be. More than willing. What you gonna put to me out, Jeff? Three hundred thousand dollars. Put me cash out. To One the... more thing before you go. I'm coming for my kids on Saturday. Yeah, and if I hear you had them anywhere near that tramp bitch, you're gonna regret it for the rest of your life. Twenty-eight years ago, this week, waiting to exhale was released in theaters. Waiting to Exhale starred Whitney Houston, Angela Bassett, Loretta Devine, and Layla Rashawn. Directed by Forrest Whitaker, Waiting to Exhale opened at number one at the North American box office and grossed $67 million and $14 million internationally for a whopping total worldwide gross of $81.45 million. Shout out to Waiting to Exhale, a, a movie that has lived through time. We never get tired of watching it, tweeting about it, the memes. And the women have just all grown. Just they're all beautiful women. And, and rest in peace to Whitney. All all the women are still here with us, and we love them and we adore them. So, shout out to Waiting to Excel. Do you have a favorite scene from Waiting to Excel? Yo, or Waiting to Excel. Waiting to Excel was a dope movie. Yes, with, it was. Four amazing actresses. Yes. Four amazing actresses. Yes. And I just found out something. I did not know Forrest Whitaker directed that movie. Indeed. Yo, I did not know that. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. And music by Babyface, writer Terry McMillan, Ronald Bass. When the powers unite. Look what you what look what you can do when black you just get get out the way and let us do it. Give us the money. Let us do it. The budget was sixteen million. And look how much they made. I mean, and it's just unfortunate that you know, it didn't get the due. Like these rotten tomatoes, the IMDB, like no. But, no, 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 no. And it didn't get the accolade. It didn't get the awards. Waiting to excel. It got a lot of nominations. But no awards. But no awards. I mean, f- think about the <laughs> the role that Angela Bassett played alone. No awards for that. Mm. Isn't this the one who's like he's she's a good he's a good man, Savannah? Yes, uh, that was with Whitney Houston, who was playing who played Savannah Jackson, and her mama was trying to get her to. Get with this man here, Kenneth, who uh, Dennis Haysbert. What was his problem? Who played Kenneth? He was a married man. He was a married man with a sick daughter, and instead of being home tending to his family and his daughter, he was running down there trying to get some coochie from Savannah. But Savannah knew better, and uh, I would say I, I did enjoy Whitney in this. I, one of my favorite scenes is her, the. Her walking into the party, and I think this is into in the beginning of the movie. Her hair was up. She had on a simple black dress, a little pump. <sighs> Mother just looked effortless, like just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. But I think my my most favorite scene, my favorite scene in the movie, 
is Angela Bassett when she stormed up in that office, baby. Excuse me, would you mind if I had a word with my husband and slapped that heifer out the way and got with her man, got with her husband? Thank you. Thank you for thinking of your children. Yeah, get out, 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 everyone out. And got with him on the spot. And when she looked at him, he told her to sell that house. She said, I hate you. Ooh, did we not feel that, y'all? When she said, I hate you. And the tears in her eyes because that man had done her so well. <laughs> My favorite scene. Absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> you felt that. I you felt, felt that. that. Shout out to Waiting to Exile. Yeah, I need, I might watch that tonight, man. My favorite scene is when the boy come over with the, the black leather vest on in the oh, dead summer. shit. <laughs> Don't you throw that up here. You raggedy bitch. You better be more careful who you pick up in grocery stores next time. Yo. Yeah, he wanted Miss Robin. He wanted her bad. He said, you raggedy bitch. Right, not Russell. Oh, Troy. Troy. Yeah, Troy. Troy. It was Troy. It definitely was Troy. <laughs> and then he went right into that trope, y'all, about why black men get with white women and blah, 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 blah. And did we not see that coming, y'all? Mm. Like, bye, Troy. Get the fuck up out of here. Yeah, Troy was messed up, man. Troy, Troy was, was fucked Troy was up. In way. He was high. Had a leather vest on in the middle of the summer in LA <laughs> with no shirt. He was going through a lot. I'll just say this. That la- the last scene of Waiting to Exhale always makes me teary-eyed. It's the countdown to New Year's and all the ladies are in, in you know, standing in front of the car and the campfire is right there. And the song starts playing. Count on me through thick and thin. It's just like a moment. Like because throughout the movie, we just saw all these women just go through so much. And they did it. <laughs> the director, hello, did a beautiful. I loved how he sh- he gave each woman their due justice in terms of we were able to see and hear their stories and also like feel their pain, but not just pain, also their joy mm-hmm. as well. So a little bit of that, too. So <sighs> this is just one of those movies. Ah. Oh. Yeah, Shout out to Waiting to Exile. It's one of those movies. Shout out to the whole kit and caboodle for Waiting to Exile, man. Speaking of which, so recently Taraji spoke out. I heard on the street, Taraji, you had the audacity to say you're thinking about getting stopping acting. We said, stop talking. Hmm. Are you thinking about it? Um. Mm. I'm just tired of working so hard, being gracious at what I do, getting paid a fraction of the cost. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of hearing my sisters say the same thing over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, You get tired. Mm -hmm. I hear people go, you work a lot. Well, have to. Mm -hmm. The math ain't mathing. Mm -hmm. And when you start working a lot, you know, you have a team. Mm-hmm. Big bills come with what we do. Yes. We don't do this alone. The mm-hmm. fact that we're up is a whole entire team behind yes, us. Yes. 
they have to get paid. So when you hear someone saying, oh, such and such made $10 million, no, that's not, that, that didn't make it to their account. Mm. Know that off the top, Uncle Sam is getting 50%. That's right. Okay? So do the math. Now we have $5 million. Your team is getting 30% or whatever your team is getting off of what you grossed. Sometimes not more. after what Uncle Sam took. Now do the math. Mm. So... I just I'm I'm a, I'm only human and and mm -hmm. it seems every time I do something and I break a, another glass ceiling when it's time to renegotiate I'm at the bottom again mm -hmm. like I never mm -hmm. did what mm -hmm. I just did and I'm just tired, tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired mm -hmm. I'm tired mm -hmm. I get that I get that. it wears on you you know because mm -hmm. what does that mean mm -hmm. what is that telling me what is it telling me yeah and what does it tell me mm -hmm. yeah you know. And if I can't fight for them coming up behind me, then what the f am I doing? I'm sorry. You know, we just had The Color Purple come out in theaters. Very excited to see the women in their purple <laughs> looking beautiful. And the energy was just a little off between Taraji and Oprah, as some media folks, media blogs had pointed out. And so before we saw that, Taraji had came out in an interview and talked about how she almost didn't even do the color purple because, once again, she doesn't understand why she's at a point of her career where she's being lowballed and not being paid what she feels like she is, is due. And so I wanted to bring that up as we just talked about a movie with, you know, black women actresses. That was a classic movie. Where these women did not, this movie did not get the justice. And so here we are. <laughs> Taraji speaks out. And a lot of people are coming back and saying, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Monique was just talking about this uh, uh, some years back. And when Monique said it, nobody was trying to support her. And now here you are, Taraji, saying the same thing. Like, what's up with that? And my feeling is what Mo said and what Taraji said, both women are valid. And I think both women have the agency to use their platforms to say how they feel. I do, though, feel that when Mo came out and said what she said, she didn't get a lot of support. And it's because Mo came in to be more style. <laughs> and that rubbed the Hollywood girls the wrong way. And, you know, what we see, though, is a common denominator in all of this is where black women are not being valued in Hollywood. But and it's really been this way. And it's across all sectors. It, it is. <laughs> and since black women are not valued, the question is then, are roles in movies even being written and produced and created for them, you know, with black women in mind? And and, and, I, and I feel like that's a no in, in a lot of the cases. So here we, we have the Tarajis and the Viola Davises of the world, just like we had the Hattie McDaniels and the Cicely Tysons of the world, all amazing, talented black actresses who have been fighting for the same thing. Nothing has changed. But maybe that's what Mo was trying to do. Because what I got from the situation is there were women behind the scenes asking for that and having that conversation. And it's probably been like, okay, we got you next time, next time. And it's just brushed off. So Monique was just completely tired of it and said, this is the only way you'll hear me. Mm -hmm. Like when I was being quiet and handling the situation with some cooth, 
And I think she still did that too. Like she still extended that grace. I remember her sitting on that couch with Steve Harvey. She had these conversations, I'm sure, behind the scenes with some people. But she was our sister was willing to also have these conversations in front in public mm-hmm. and say, let's actually talk through this and, and talk about what, you know. What the, what the problem on? is and what the issues are. The short change, man. Do you feel like there are roles being written for black women? Or do you feel like... I guess I should... I, it can be an open question, I guess. No. I don't think so. Not in a lot of versatile roles, right? Like the Little Mermaid situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, the Little Mermaid is supposed to be white. Like, okay. It oh, was. you're talking about the the public's backlash yeah, the public, yeah. against and the outcry. Oh, the mermaid being black now, yes. which it was never a color. It was a mermaid. Yeah, mermaids can come in any color. Yeah, but you know, like this is see how upset people were. Like, oh, that's not how the story goes. Like, you don't want to see nobody else. That's a good like example she, because it's like we, if we can't even do that. Which is a make believe. Yes. How the hell we're going it's to? Not even a real person. It's a fictional character. How did you feel about Taraji's comments? Oh man, Taraji. Yeah. Very emotional, right there. Super emotional. Super emotional. And understandably so. This is her passion. This is her job. Yeah. And but she, she and she understands that it's bigger than her. That she's yeah. trying to build something. But she she knows her worth. And her, she is a tremendous actress. She is. Shout out to Taraji, yo. Yo, like <laughs> baby boy, hidden figures. <laughs> listen, listen, yes. listen, listen. In hidden figures alone, she should have cleaned up at every award show. She should have been entitled to anything she wanted. Shout out to Empire, Acrimony. Empire. The color purple that we just talked about. What men Empire. want. The Karate Kid. What else? The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Killed person that of, role. Person of interest. Proud Mary. Think like a man. Hustle and flow. I can do bad all by myself. The best of enemies. Bro, the best of enemies. I don't think I... I haven't seen that. What? Is this good? Yo, that movie's so good. That movie's so good. Make you hate somebody. With Sam Rockwell and Hesh is in here as well. Okay. No good deed. Not easily broken. The family that prays. Mm. Think like a man too. Coffee and Kareem. Smoking aces. Ooh, four brothers. I did like that. That came out in 2005. Come on. She out here working. I just been working. And so a lot of people felt a way about what she was saying because she felt like it ignored what Monique said and I was just thinking like no both of these validity have their experiences and gives validity to to what Monique was saying right that's what I was saying it's not only me right it's not one person no y'all see this happening to this woman it's also happening to me like this this is a real thing now they just the first two to speak about on their platforms like now was Gaining attention. And mind you, we just got out of like an actor strike. Yeah. So people are struggling. And then wait, we we come back. 
off the strike and then you hand me a roll and then it ain't what we were striking for. Or you back when you're saying nonsense. And for that, some folks online were coming at Oprah. At Jenny underscore Jen Jen on Twitter tweeted, Oprah is far from broke. And you mean to tell me Taraji and Fantasia almost walked away because of them being lowballed? Monique tried to tell us and folk called her crazy. So people are online. A lot of people are looking like, yo, Oprah, when you going to step up and start supporting these women that are around you and that you have direct influence over? Maybe she don't say nothing. Oprah don't ever say nothing. And that is part of the, yeah, yeah. And I don't even hear, it don't even land on my ears. Like, it's not keeping me up at night. I'm paid. It's given. It's given. You signed it. It's given. You agreed to it. It's given. You must have liked it, right? It's given. You know I could have got somebody else. It's given. Cheaper, right? It's a privilege. It's a privilege for you to be associated with me. And I hope it's not that, but... It was a Jay-Z line. I want you to check... (laughs) Check out this video. We're going to go over to body language. Let's look at Oprah. You see how she looks at Taraji and quickly looks away. And now look at Taraji. Look at her legs. She locks it away from Oprah, looking up, fluttering her eye, trying to hold back tears. But she's trying to be professional. But she leans into Oprah. Oprah pulls away. Fake laugh. We all know that's fake. That's fine. But they're trying to release that negative energy outside their bodies. Oprah is all closed up. She's not even trying to open up. And it was closing in on Oprah. Oprah pulls out, trying to find an escape, goes right behind Gano Brooks. And look at Taraji Faze. She's just like not having it. And notice how Oprah suddenly now opened up with her arms. And look at Fantasia's face. Look at Taraji as if we're almost to the ending of this. Don't worry. Something definitely happened here. And now look at how Oprah has her arms. And her hand, you know, Oprah don't touch people like that. But in reverse, what if Oprah moved out the way so the focus wouldn't be on her? And okay. On so you saw it as maybe she, you didn't feel like it was any weird energy there between her and Taraji? I felt like, you seen how Oprah was walking up on her like Ric Flair? I took it two different ways. <laughs> like, you know how Ric Flair used to walk to the ring? Like, yeah. <laughs> so I took it two different ways. Like, that's how you walk up on somebody you messing with. Like, that's your homie. Like, y'all got some type of bond. Like, you're not going to walk up on somebody like you ain't, you ain't got good energy with all playful like that. That's one way to take it. Mm-hmm. Or you walk up on someone like that when you got something over them. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking... I'm the star. You can't fuck with me. Like... So I took it both ways, but I don't know. After she did that, it was weird that Taraji didn't look at her. But then, like, I maybe, thought it was but strange maybe she's seen her already. Taraji leaned into her, and I did see Oprah pull away. And then after she pulled away, that's when she kind of made the exit and moved from the middle to the end. I thought that was a little strange. I thought the energy was strange when Oprah walked up, how Taraji was just kind of like... I don't know. She kind of had this look on her face like, 
okay, here we go. Like, yeah. But what if I also, I'm tired of being here. I've been here all day. It, I've been, could, it could be that I, too. No, we taking a, a minute clip right. and putting so much on it. I was talking to Oprah for an hour. I don't want to talk to her no more. Like, that's my homie. I'm ready to go home. Like, I'm tired of touring. I did the movie. I'm trying to get out of character. Let me be. I've been here all day. You've heard how long those photo shoots take. So I don't know. I'm not reading. I, I understand what everybody is saying, their own interpretation, but I'm not looking at it like that. Taraji did address this. She said, it's so important for black women and all women of color to support each other. It is also imperative to have women of color in decision-making positions across all industries. Little, little note right there. Mm-hmm. Thank you for responding to my message with the compassion, understanding, and support that I received. With that being said, Miss Oprah has been nothing less than a steady and solid beacon of light to all the cast of The Color Purple. She has provided encouragement, guidance, and unwavering support to us all. She told me personally to reach out to her for anything I needed, and I did need a check. It took one call, one conversation, and one decision making black women to make me feel heard. Thank you, Miss Oprah, for all that you do. And, you know, people are saying, of course, Taraji going to do that. That's a smart thing to do. (laughs) And maybe all of these things happen, and maybe this is totally true. Exactly. Maybe Oprah, maybe, flip, again, Oprah didn't know how much I was getting paid. Oprah, maybe she's seen the show, said, oh, you're not getting paid like that? Hit, hit my line. So Oprah is, she's one of the producers of the movie. I don't know if that means that she knows, <sighs> along with Steven Spielberg and Scott Sanders and Quincy Jones. But I, so I don't know if that means that she's involved in the money or she knows about the money. But her voice can help get the money. It, it, I think it's it's more about that, like her influence and being a black woman herself, what that means, how it can influence the project and how it can elevate the platform for these black women. And as an example of what Taraji is talking about. But again, like I said in the beginning, I really feel like we need more roles written for black women. I think we have so many wonderful black actresses and it's not enough roles for them. So I feel like it's such a small pot. And that's not enough representation. We need more representation in Hollywood. And again, you know, maybe Oprah is someone who can do those type of things. And also maybe Oprah is just like, yo, that's just not my lane. My lane is over here. You know, Tyler Perry, good, bad, or indifferent, however people like or don't like his stuff, is an example of doing exactly that. Giving black job, giving jobs to black actresses, <laughs> black actors and actresses. And, you know, many will argue what path, why? All right. So let's get into the last topic for tonight. It comes from at Eli Sean. He responded to a tweet from at Lil Dave underscore O2. He said, do y'all fuck as friends? And Eli responded and said, some of y'all won't agree with me, but... If I get into a relationship with you and I find out you have sexual history with any of your friends, then I'm out. Don't ever bring me around people you fucked slash fucking and tell me y'all friends. Bye. What are your thoughts, LB? When it comes to and it, and I think we want to make sure we it's it's two. It's fucked and fucking, because I think it's a difference between... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think... 
I wouldn't do it. I think you you got to know the person you're dealing with. And like you got to have that conversation, but I wouldn't do it. I think it's a dangerous game. Because if you fucking this person, like again, now you're doing that Ric Flair shit. Like I got one over you. Like you strutting when you see me and you fucking, you know, my lady dog. Like I'm going to be hot. Right. I just feel like that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to be in your presence in that capacity. Okay. And then, like, if you fucking my friend or you fuck my friend, depending on how close that friend is, I might not want to deal with you any longer. Mm. Like, y'all going to be around each other constantly. Like, at some point, y'all was attracted to each other. I just don't want to risk it. Cause that's my man And you You know what I mean So if this is a close friend Yeah If it's like my brother Like I'm not talking about my, my blood brother I'm talking no, about, I'm talking about my brother Yeah You no, couldn't, I do, couldn't it. do it I couldn't do it But then at the same time I guess it depends on how much I'm feeling the lady right Like if I think she the one And I really don't care And I trust her I probably could ignore that I think it's situational I don't think it has nothing to do with how strong you are as a person or how weak you are or shallow. I just think it's all situational. So wait, you just said, what was the condition? Because before it was, if you, my homeboy, and I'm dating you now, you, you, we in a relationship and you fucked my homeboy. Nah, that ain't happening. But what was the condition you just put? Maybe I'm really feeling like that where it don't matter to me. Oh, so there's a possibility. Yeah. Okay. You fucked my homeboy. Yeah. You're not how fucking long, him no how, more. How long ago was this? Last month. Last oh, no, year. that might be too close. Last, <laughs> last month might be way too close. Last month might be. <laughs> might be way, 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 way too close. All right. Last seven, year. Seven, two eight years, years ago? ago. Oh. Two years so, you ago? You said seven or eight. Damn. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought was how, I, was trying, I was trying to match your energy. That's where I thought you was going. Maybe two, three years ago? Was it serious, bro? So if there's some time I have on get, it, yo, we're you're right. saying that there's a possibility that, okay, you fucking my homeboy, yeah. but that was a minute ago. Like, that don't, what that got to do with right now? Yeah. Yo, there there was, <laughs> this is funny, but I had, a, I had a friend of mine, or associate, associate of mine hit me up, like, some years later, like, yo, I know you was dealing with this woman before, but, you know, y'all ain't together. I'm like, is it okay if I shoot my shot? And I said, go ahead. Hmm. Like we don't hang together. We ain't, you ain't getting invited to the cookout. Like I appreciate you asking, but we ain't gonna be in the same place. Like like with intentions, it had to be a completely. I'm at the gallery. You at the gallery. You bump into each other. I'm not inviting you out to hang with me. Go ahead. I wish y'all well too. So shout I, out to Courtney. Courtney hate when I say I wish y'all well, but yeah, I really do wish y'all well. <laughs> I quote retweeted and said, it's the finding out for me, no ma'am. And so I think it is, now that I heard what you just said, I do understand that. Because where I was coming from was first, like, finding out. Like, don't don't have me in a situation where I'm looking crazy. Where you bringing me around people, you telling me, oh, these are my homies, these are my friends, and you fucking them on the side. Like, that's, no. Like, don't have me in that kind of situation. But if it's fucked as in the past tense because remember y'all was two if it's fucked in the past tense i get what you're saying in terms of time i just didn't like a situation where i'm sitting at home 
And these are the niggas that you going out every Friday night with. You going to the cabin weekend trips with. Okay. You kicking it with, going on vacations with. Y'all doing the cruises together and all that. Now, you done told me everything else about y'all. But you ain't going to tell me that y'all fucked? I think, like, withholding that little piece right there, it's just like, is that intentional? And if it is intentional, like, what's that about? Because if you done told me everything else mm. about them, why can't you tell me that y'all that y'all fucked? Because maybe if I tell you that we fucked, the relationship can't exist anymore. And this is so dope of a person. To our benefit, <laughs> we can't run the risk of ending the shit because you got an ego because we fucked in the past. This is folks now. I'm not trying to fuck her no more. So you saying sometimes it just don't matter. Like the fuck was so long ago. Why even bring it up to you? Why even tell you that it's gonna cause more? Yeah, trauma more. Than, now we are gonna get in an argument. Now you are gonna be mad at me for two weeks. Like now, like oh, you mad forever? You mad forever? You hold on to this shit when none of that was necessary because that was just a fuck way back then. Yeah. Okay. Hunger family, I want to hear from you. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Drop it down in the comments and be hot at me. I want to know too. I ain't on a page. Yo, that'll be hot. I think it is situational. I think you made a really good point. Yes, it's situational. Now, if it's some new shit and it's recent, again, like I just don't like that. Don't have me out here looking crazy. You telling me one thing when it's really something else. But you know, you know why that also happened. People not dating no more. They fucking their friends. Yeah, but no, yeah, from the rip though. <laughs> and for real, for real, what you don't want to do is like have to point out everybody in the circle and be like, yeah. yo, babe, I fucked everybody that I'm cool with. You probably don't want that. Like, <laughs> you can't. That's not a that. good look, especially in the beginning. And you still, why? Because why are you still friends with them? So well, like, then, if it's not a good look and you can't say that shit with your chest, why you why are you doing it then? Just like a rectangle? Nicka. Like, y'all just, y'all just passing off at the four points? Like, y'all just rotating each other in and out? That's what you're doing? Because the niggas be fucking down. <laughs> I be here, niggas. Yo, women too. That's, that's why I be on my shit. I wish I had another page on Twitter where I could just say what I want all, at all times. Because somebody, it, there was a... Uh, there was these two young men in the back of a car and they thought they were talking to the same girl. Same woman. Thought they were talking to the same woman. So the girl called, the woman calls the one man and says, hey, what you doing tonight? Boy, like, my, they sit next to each other. Boy, like, I'm not doing nothing. I'm doing homework or something. She says to him, oh, do you want to come over and watch a movie? He says, no, not tonight. Maybe tomorrow. Hang up. Maybe two minutes later, the girl, not even that, maybe a minute and a half later, the girl calls the other boy phone and said, hey, what you doing right now? He like nothing chilling. She said, well, I wanted to know if you wanted to come over and watch a movie. The other boy said he was busy. Right? Mm-hmm. Then she called the other boy. She got a, she got a, she trying to get free tonight. What, yeah. What's the problem with that? Not a damn thing. Get your coochie scratch, girl. Yeah. Now, Go she, a, she a hoe No she not bro she, no. Now she did fuck up though I will say this Cause the boy that actually said Do you talk to anybody else Other than me She said no And now that part 
Just well, that's stand because on it. that's because telling you, yeah, would have. Let's go back to what we just said. It's going to create more chaos and problems than what we even need to have, but, here, baby boy. But again, you don't even need to know all that because when I tell you that, you're going to be all up in your feelings and shit because it's a double standard. Because nobody, nobody's having that's that conversation. That's what it. Yeah. Well, but y'all not having that conversation, yo. Beyonce. Because y'all don't Beyonce even be claiming said, hey, these women. Y'all don't listen. even be claiming these women, and but you don't want her. Sleeping with nobody else while you fucking other chicks? But listen, y'all queen said I was cool with no commitment. Let me take that back. It was you, so I was with it. You knew what you were signing up for. That's Beyonce verse one problem for. Yeah. Like she knew it. Okay. Y'all was going out here loosey kaboosey with no terms and stipulations in the contract. You were just going with the flow. <sighs> You chose this role in this life, but I think you should also openly get that option. It's not, and it's not always about choosing. Sometimes you're brought into that shit like a damn, like, uh, like you under a spell. Some of y'all know what the fuck y'all be doing. Not a spell. That's to be hoodwinked. Come here. Just ask the right question. That shit like a spider's web, and once you caught up in that shit, you caught. It's over. You can't get you. What Fillin', you? Where you going? Where you going? You in a cocoon? You ain't even in the web no more, <laughs> nigga. He done wrapped you like a cocoon. You warm? All the red flags. You just ignoring, ignoring them shits. Ignoring them. Ignoring them. <laughs> you talking about Doc? I'm colorblind. Is that like off? That's orange, right? Look, it's a, it got a little tint to it. You knew damn well you like roller coasters. The Six Flags. Like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Y'all should just be open and honest with each other. That's my policy. Period. Save a lot of headache. Hey, we going into the new year. Happy New Year to everybody. This episode, uh, there's a chance that it will be out tomorrow. It'll be out. Whenever it's out, man, tag me. I want to know what y'all New Year's resolutions are. If not, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Stay safe. Prep it up. I don't hey, know how effective it is right now. Ninety nine percent. No, no. Like if I started tonight, is I'm I'm good tomorrow. And <laughs> hey, that's what I'm asking. Like you know what I mean? Like if I started tonight, I'm good tomorrow. But see, these are the questions we need to be asking, and these are the conversations that we need to be having. How because soon can I hoop? No, you're not going to be ready soon, tomorrow. <laughs> how soon can I get in the game? <laughs> How long am I out for? But there is something available for you if you have for um, post exposure. So if you have sex tonight, you want that extra layer of protection. There is post exposure prophylaxis. That's PEP, P E P. So that's medication you can take within 72 hours. That's three days after a possible exposure to HIV. And it prevents um, HIV infection. So, in terms of how soon you can get in the game, you can get in the game very soon. We have prevention. We have treatment, y'all. And go on over there to Philly. Keeponloving.com and support. And tell your friends. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening. This has been another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Eric Cole, a.k.a. Tennis Bay. You can find the Hung Up Podcast on your favorite social media and podcasting platform simply by searching at Hung Up Pod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. If you are 
listening through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, drop a review. I haven't received a review in a while. Drop a review. Five stars, hopefully. Let the people know how you feel about the show. It just helps get the podcast out there further. Appreciate it. And again, my co-host for this week, Nell Simmons of the Does That Make Sense podcast. Thank you for dialing in one more time and being with the people amongst the people. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I really do. I really do. I'll be back for as long as y'all want to hear me, my hear my voice, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate the feedback that you get in public that you tell me about. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, as long as Eric want me here, I'll be here coming in. Hey, wow. and if anyone has any topics or any questions for Nell or anything that you want us to discuss here on the podcast, go ahead on and email that to hunguppod at gmail.com. Or if we're already connected on Instagram, go you can d- DM me. Or if you're connected to Nell on his Instagram, DM him. Speaking of which, Nell, what is your Instagram handle? How can people find you on social media? All right, so I'm on Instagram. N E four L's and two underscores. Find me on the gram and on Twitter is no N E L L underscore G E. And then let's connect. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Seven, six, five. Four.